Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. For this episode, I speak with Simon Shaw and Arvind Sharma on July's The Leading Edge that highlights machine learning applications. Simon and Arvind discuss what problems machine learning successfully solves, the requirements and limitations of machine learning, what the next five years hold for the topic, and more. For their full biographies, read the show notes for this episode on your phone or at seg.org slash podcast. The show notes will also link to the articles discussed in this episode. Subscribers can read the full articles in the SEG library and everyone can read the abstracts for free. A brief editor's note. Due to Arvind's recording location, he is hard to understand at times. Please continue to listen as his contributions to this discussion are invaluable. Now, for our conversation. Machine learning was last highlighted over two years ago in TLE. What have been some of the major changes in that time that have warranted another look at the topic? I would say, uh, for, for one thing, the the interest in the uh, in the topic from the greater SEG community has been uh, uh, one factor that uh, precipitated having another look in, in TLE. If you look at the number of papers submitted to the SEG on machine learning uh, last year, I think that's a pretty good barometer of how much interest there is and how many uh, exciting applications uh, people are finding for, for machine learning. I'll say also, I think in the past two years, the, two years ago, the section was titled Data Analytics and Machine Learning. And, and I found that a lot of my peers struggled a bit to define data analy- analytics and how to differentiate it from uh, a lot of what we do conventionally in data processing and analysis. What we wanted to do this time was specifically focus on machine learning and, and deep learning and its application. I'll add uh, a little bit to Simon's point that uh, a couple of years back, uh, we were still um, investigating whether machine learning will be helpful with uh, in geoscience as a whole. And now I think that bridge is crossed and we know that it will be helpful. Now we are looking into where all it will be helpful and how much it will be impacting our discipline. You all stress in the intro and one of the papers attested this, that machine learning is not particularly suited to solve all the problems of the world. But however, when is machine learning particularly successful in geophysics? Machine learning is uh, really good at uh, solving problems which are not compact form. When I say which is not compact form, where physics is very complex and we don't have a uh, direct way to solve this. For example, uh, picking a horizon or uh, filling data and uh, basically any problem which requires the thousands of variables to interact with each other. I think those are the problems that machine learning is very good at solving and we are seeing those impacts in geophysics, especially in the interpretation field and the data filling problems, denoise kind of problems. The success is often proportional to the amount of representative training data that we can either create or uh, acquire. 
that representative data generally needs to be large and diverse. It's got to, as, um, as I said, represent the, uh, the problem adequately. So good training data, I think, is the key to success. And then specifically for supervised learning, that data always to be reliably labeled. So that's uh, another, I think, key to success. Lee et al. joined both conventional methods with machine learning using three examples, including two field examples. What did you learn reading about this hybrid model of theirs? I think that paper illustrates nicely how machine learning can augment existing conventional methods. In other words, not necessarily replace a conventional method that is usually based on a physical model. That was uh, one key uh, learning from that paper. And then method is also an example of how machine learning might improve efficacy of an existing approach, that is the conventional physics-based approach, and not necessarily just improve efficiency. In other words, machine learning uh, could also make results uh, better, not necessarily always deliver them faster. Peters et al. helps highlight the topic of network-based learning methods through looking at its similarities and differences with forward modeling and inversion. What might a geophysicist trained in forward modeling and inversion recognize as opportunities for machine learning to help address? At the core of it, as we discussed earlier, especially deep learning methods, the network-based learning methods, has a similar structure as a, on the conventional inverse problem that we solve. So what it does, it uh, helps us reorient how to actually frame a problem that we are used to thinking as an inverse problem into a neural network problem, since the underlying principles are very similar. So I will say that it uh, helps us to restructure our uh, FWI and RTM and other problems, how if you want to map it as a deep learning problem, it gives a avenue to think like. SEG along with AAPG and SPE just last week were hosted a, a couple of weeks ago, hosted the Energy and Data Conference. And we, we expect another strong presence at San Antonio at SEG's annual meeting on machine learning. When SEG returns to Houston in 2024, five years from now, what do you think the machine learning session at SEG will look like? I will say that there won't be, like right now we are seeing a lot of separate machine learning sessions. I think by 2024, 2025, it will stabilize to the plateau of productivity in which there will be only few isolated machine learning sessions. And those will be dedicated to more like deep, challenges in machine learning and how to apply which machine learning is more applicable for geoscience. Most of the current machine learning users will go back into regular geophysics. So there won't be a separate machine learning session for how to use machine learning in RTM or FWI or interpretation or denoise or so on and so forth. They all get actually pushed to their own session so basically, it becomes a base. Just like we don't talk about computer, we don't talk about programming language, we don't, because they are a required 
to solve a geophysics problem, this will become a fundamental, machine learning will become almost fundamental integrate, integrated effort to solve the geophysics problem. So it will move from a, a separate big session to a, like it will get integrated in every session. All right, I agree with Arvind. Uh, perhaps machine learning won't have its own session at all. It's unusual for a, a solution or a method to have its own session or sessions uh, as machine learning does today. And it'll most likely infuse many other sessions. What problem are you both most interested in machine learning solving? That's a good question. I, I think to, uh, perhaps uh, interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary problems. I think, for example, today a geophysicist may hand off data to a geologist and then, uh, or else to a reservoir engineer. And uh, oftentimes these are the same data that specialists may just uh, look at it in a different way. But uh, a machine learning algorithm uh, is, is, of course, all about the data. It's in principle not coming at uh, the problem with any uh, necessarily any particular point of view. So I think uh, I'm most interested in seeing how we can. Uh, bridge multiple disciplines and solve more overarching problems with machine learning. I mean, so I totally agree with Simon on that. And I'll just uh, look this problem from slightly different angle. That means the machine, I want to solve most of those problems who are, which are very subjective. If I already have a very good way to solve those problems, I'm less interested in that problem. I'm interested in problems where, uh, because of its inter interdisciplinary nature, because of its complexity, it's very difficult to solve. And um, if you give the same problem to five different people, you'll get five different answers. So can we actually use machine learning to get something consistent for that particular set of problems? What do you both hope readers of these five papers in this special section take away? I expect, like as an editorial group, I think we expect uh, the readers of these five papers should uh, take away that uh, machine learning has actually got uh, a little bit more maturity in our discipline as a geoscience, and it's able to solve or uh, give solutions to several style of problems. It's not just a, a niche problem, but uh, now it's proliferating into different uh, solution spaces, all the way from academia to people who are doing uh, production work. Uh, they are uh, using machine learning to solve the problem. From Lee et al., who is using hybrid approach, to Peter Peter, who is actually giving the theoretical framework, to others who are actually um, so using only machine learning to solve. So the full spectrum. Yeah, th thanks, Arvind. I, I think, I hope the readers of these uh, papers come away uh, informed and encouraged. There's a paper that can be as a tutorial that perhaps demystifies uh, neural networks to those that uh, haven't studied them before and relating it to the classical deconvolution problem for, for reflectivity from a seismic trace. 
and there's there's a paper also that uh, that we've talked about that relates uh, deep learning to traditional geophysical inversion problems and the and the forward problem how they relate and then uh, and that they can be encouraged by the examples that are shown where machine learning is uh, deriving significant value for for real problems such as in noise attenuation and uh, fracture event uh, detection uh, horizon and, and fault picking automated fault picking and automated horizon picking is there anything I should have asked about this special section or topic that I did not? I think uh, I'd, I'm not saying this should have been a question, but one of the uh, interesting challenges is still with respect to data through flow, I think, and data standards and data labeling, uh, data formats. And as we mentioned uh, in our introduction, uh, SEG, Members should be aware there's a there's a new SEG SEAM uh, project that's in the works. Uh, there's also some other industry initiatives out there that are aimed at uh, trying to crack that nut. I think we can accelerate the applications of machine learning if, as a community, we agree on certain standards for data formats and, and data labeling. I agree with Simon that uh, if you ask the biggest challenge that we face in uh, machine learning is getting the data organized, level curated to feed into machine learning solutions because most of the true development of machine learning is happening already with or without us. We are mostly a consumer of the machine learning algorithms. However, we have to actually think to the problem, all the data needed, all the different type of data needed to solve that problem and accumulate, aggregate that. And that becomes the hardest problem. So that's one more thing that uh, place where I think Simon and I will disagree is the use of uh, real data versus synthetic data. I think uh, Simon will be on the, I'm try not trying to put the words in your mouth, Simon, but uh, Simon will be a lot more for synthetic data and I am a lot less synthetic data because uh, from my point of view, I'm looking at uh, machine learning as a solution for complex problems where physics is complex. Hence, we don't have a compact form equation to solve that. If we don't have a compact form equation to solve that and the physics is so complex that we can't derive a partial differential equation to describe that, then any synthetic data that we use for uh, solving that will basically limit our solution space. And uh, whereas at best, it can be a regularizer, and worst, it can be actually wrong and it pushes in the linear direction. Whereas if we truly want to capitalize on uh, machine learning, then we need to reduce the synthetic data and go more and more for real data. It's a harder problem to like leveling real data is way harder than leveling synthetic data, but that's what we need to do to truly capitalize or get the most benefit out of machine learning. Uh, actually, I, I totally agree with that point. I think the use of synthetic data is 
I would say, limited to cases where the problem is not complex and where we can model it significantly. Objective for using of for, for considering machine learning in those cases is less to solve a complex problem and more to solve a rather simple problem, but much faster. I think, for example, the, the, the fault, automatic fault picking or automatic horizon picking, we can generate quasi-realistic synthetics and uh, have already shown pretty good results. We're automating a process that's relatively simple, and that's the value there. But, but you're right, we can't model complexity that we don't yet understand. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining with me today to talk about this special section and for volunteering your time on helping edit it and organize it and uh, look forward to hearing the feedback from, from the papers. Thank you, Andrew. Our pleasure. Thank you. Please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this episode. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to our website at seg.org podcast to find all our episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Crockett, Allie McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.